Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tikatoni, it is our prayer that you will filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. This is the fourth series in our, of our teaching on the blessing of the Lord. Our fourth series on the teaching, the blessing of the Lord. And it has been an awesome time. And I am sure that a lot of us have testimonies to share to the glory, to communicate with one another to the glory of the Lord. Okay? We have spoken on uh, several things and uh, I hope that you get the messages. I hope you get the messages. They are free and available. We started at the preamble of the blessing of the Lord, which was part one. We got to uh, unconditional grace and conditional faith. Then we got to the bloodline of the blessing. And the bloodline of the blessing took us two sessions of teaching. And then we got to what prosperity is not. And today... We are talking about something that <laughs> will interest you. You will like it. You know, you will like it because of the topic. All right. Before I tell you about the topic, <laughs> how many of you remember the story of uh, the Lord Jesus when he got to, um, you know, Andrew, the Bible says that uh, Philip, Andrew, and Peter were among the first people to meet with Jesus. Do you remember that? And when they met with Jesus, oh, they went, okay, they went and told Philip. Was it Andrew that went to tell Philip? Andrew, that's the book of John, right? Andrew went to tell Philip and he said, come and see. He said, come and see, there is a Messiah. We have found the Christ. Come and see. (laughs) Now, the Messiah, Philip, there was something Philip said in particular that, that, that uh, struck a nerve. He said, where, just imagine this discussion, where is the Messiah from? He said, you don't know where he's from? He's from Nazareth. He said, what? Now, you need to understand why he had a problem with him coming from Nazareth. He had a problem with him coming from Nazareth because of this. Because there was nowhere in the prophecy of all the prophets that a prophet or that the Messiah or that any of the chosen ones would come out of Nazareth. Everywhere it was either some other family name. It was some other place that was popular. Places like Jerusalem. Do you understand? Places like um, Bethel. It was always those kinds of places. All of a sudden, the Messiah comes out of Nazareth. What? And so, when he said that to him, Philip said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Then, he was getting on the way. And as he was getting on the way, something good came out of Nazareth. Just he had not yet even met the master completely. And then Jesus said, Philip, look at a good man. Look at a good man, a righteous man indeed. 
Philip said, do you know me from any place? He said, before they went to call you, while you were under that tree, I saw you. Philip said, you are Lord. He said, is it because of this small thing that, in other words, that you finally realize something good can come out of Nazareth? He said, you will see angels descend and ascend upon the Son of Man. And praise God, he saw it. Well, guys, that's how we often ask ourselves, can good news come out of some things? Can there be good news out of some things? My topic today is the good news about the tithes. Good news about the tithes. Can good news come out of some things? You know, there are some things that we just assume don't have good news. So many people often say, I had someone one time tell me that the tithes, um, the concept of the tithe is the most controversial topic in the world. In the Christian world. In the Christian body. And I do not think it is. Because nothing really is controversial. Either you believe or you don't believe. What's the controversy? <laughs> I don't get it. There's no controversy. But then so many people have taught these things. And used these things to, for different means. And so we have lost its value. And we have actually lost its true meaning. When we started uh, what we're doing right now, we started training and teaching people. I remember some of our brethren uh, bringing tithes to me. And the first thing I'll tell you once you bring your tithe to me is, the first thing I want you to know is that I do not believe in tithing. And this thing you're doing is just, I see it as donation to me. I do not believe in it. How many of you experienced that with me? <laughs> they are among the first people to experience that with me. I did not believe in it. I didn't even think. In fact, I even preached about it one time. And I said, I do not believe in this thing. And, but I said then that until the Lord shows it to me personally, then I will preach it. Okay? And then I, when I started learning about the blessing, like I told you, that the Lord had uh, asked me to learn about that was when i discovered something very very interesting i'll tell you about what the tithes mean i will show you the beginning of the tithes i'll tell you about the blessing in the new covenant is the blessing actually in the new covenant that's a great question and then i'll tell you um something that's like a question why tithes and where to tithe so, men, let's just go straight into it. What does the tithe mean, first of all? Everybody, right now, all of you just said on your mind, 10%. 10%. That's what everybody just said. 10%. Alright? You're right. But the tithe means a portion. 10% given to the Lord based... The tithe means a portion. 10% given back to the Lord giving back to the lord giving back to the lord not giving to the lord giving back to the lord back put back in capital letters 10 percent giving back to the lord based on the covenant of the blessing based you can put that in capital later too based on the covenant of the blessing 
of the Lord. Okay? That's what the tithes mean. Alright. Now, this is just going to mighty bless you. Because a lot of times, a lot of us have really, really got to understand why we do so many things so that we can really get it right. When I taught you in our last series on what prosperity is not, one of the things I told you and I showed you from God's word is that the Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance. Did you see that? Can you remember that? And we showed you from the Bible, right? How that um, um, we do not just worship the Lord with our spirits, with our souls, and with our body. But we worship the Lord with our spirits, with our souls, with our body, and with our material things. Why do we do that? Because that's all worship. The Bible teaches us something. It says, if Jesus gave all of himself to God, then we ought to also give all of ourselves to the Lord. Alright? There's no part of you, there's no part of your life that is not for service to the Lord. Can you understand me? There's no part of your life that is not for service to the Lord. This is something that is very important for you to understand. That there is no part of your life that is for service to the, that is, uh, not for service to the Lord. Okay? Now let's just go straight and trace where tithes begin. Remember I told you when I was telling you on the bloodline of the blessing, we, got, we started where? We started at the Garden of Eden, right? We, we found out that the blessing, that there is no new blessing. How many of you remember that? There is no new blessing and that the blessing is the same. Do you remember that? The blessing is the same. The blessing has been the same for thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. The blessing has not changed one day. I mean, thank God the blessing has not changed. Because since the blessing has not changed, that means that the condition of the blessing too has not changed. We found out that one of the reasons that the Lord kept the tree... We, we explained two major reasons there. But one of the reasons was because the blessing is, uh, the condition of the blessing is what? Obedience. It's obedience. And the Lord said, do not eat. And what did they do? They did not eat until they ate. <laughs> Alright? Now, let's go back to the beginning and see where the tithes come from. Let us again start at the Garden of Eden. Let's start there. At the book of Genesis, chapter 2. <laughs> Glory. Genesis, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verse 15. From verse 15 to verse 17. Genesis, chapter 2, from verse 15 to verse 17. Are you there? Alright, if you're there, say amen, please. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Alright. The Lord God said to Adam, You're in charge of the whole garden. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. But you see, this particular tree, 
All right, tree, please come. All right, please stand over here. Okay. Now, this is the tree. Um, your branches. <laughs> okay. This, this is the tree. Okay. Now, uh, uh, I need a tall tree. Tall tree, please come. Tall tree, please come. <laughs> stand over here, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Stand over here, please. Okay. Please just give me your branches. Please just give me your branches. Okay. Now, oh, oh, come, come, come. You, you're the forbidden fruit. Stand over here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, this is how it was. So, the mass, uh, uh, oh, I need one more tree. Hmm. Who's the planting of the Lord here? <laughs> okay, come please. Come and stand behind. Come and stand behind, please. Yeah, stand behind, please. All right. Okay, please spread your branches. Now, look carefully. So, this is what the Lord said. The Lord said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, raise up your hand, please. <laughs> you can't be Adam. Yes, can an Adam raise up their hands, please? All right, Adam, please come. All right. Okay, God bless you. Okay, Adam, please stand here. Now, no, no, Eve was not around then. Adam, look at all these trees. Walk with me. Let me show you, Adam. Adam, this is mango. It's yours to walk it and eat from it. Adam, this is pineapple. It's yours. Adam, this is coconut. <laughs> it, it's yours. Now, Adam, you see this tree? This tree is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam, this is not yours. Don't eat this. It belongs to me. Everything is yours here. Everything is, your, is for your use. Everything is... Now, what I want you to understand is this. That seasons have always existed in the Bible. The Lord said in his word that as long as the earth exists. What did he say? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. Day and night shall not cease. Seasons have always existed. Every single one of those plants, including this, had its season. Do you understand? They all had their season. And Adam was free. Once the, once the plants bore fruit, Adam could take as much as he wanted. He could pluck it or wait for it to drop. But you see, when it was fruiting season for this, it was still not his. Alright? So now the Lord is saying, Adam, don't eat this. Take every other thing. You would think that was enough for him. Was it enough? It was enough. It was more than enough. Alright? Okay. Hope you get the picture. Because I'm going to remember your statuses. So that when I call you again, you would come forward. Now, God bless you. Please clap for them. Please clap for them as they take their seats. Okay. Now. Now. So, Adam had just been given his instructions. Adam had just been told 
that he can have coconut. He can have pineapples. He can have mangoes. He can even eat of the tree of life. This was the tree of life. Okay? He can eat anything he wants to eat. But this particular stuff is not for you. It's for me. It's for me alone. So this thing was dedicated to the Lord. It was their agreement. Now, what's a covenant? A covenant is an agreement between two people based on conditions. Some of you remember the teaching on the covenant, right? You already remember that. If you don't have it, I think it might be available. If the audio is not available, well, sorry about that. Okay? And that was the first thing. Now, let's look somewhere else. Let's look somewhere else because I have to, it has to be a mystery for you to see it, right? Now, let's move over to the book of Genesis chapter 4. This is just going to blow your mind. Genesis chapter 4. We are going to read from verse 2 to verse 4. Genesis chapter 4 from verse 2 to verse 4. If you're there, say amen. Okay. Now look at it. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel, speaking about um, Eve, right? Now Abel kept flocks and Cain walked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Okay, while your hands are there, let's move to the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. To the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. If you're there, say Amen. Now, we just moved from Adam. We're now in Cain and Abel, right? The Bible says that Cain and Abel took a portion of their harvest and gave it as an offering to the Lord, right? Okay. Now, let's move over to Genesis 8. Let's go to Noah. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Look what it says. Are you there? Now, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Now, this, this was just the period of time when the, um, the whole water had just receded, and everybody was glad the water had receded, and there was just one family on earth. Think about this. Imagine that you were all alone on earth. All alone. Just you, your wife and your children and plenty animals plenty more animals than you can actually eat all right everybody was alone but imagine now have you thought about this how can one family fill the earth how could one family fill the whole earth of course you know how if you don't know how then you've not been following us on this how did they fill the earth? The blessing. The Lord said unto him. The Bible says, And the Lord blessed Noah and said to him, Be fruitful. He commanded the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply and increase and fill the earth. Now, immediately the blessing was placed upon Noah after that period. God now said to him, 
I make a covenant with you that as a result of all these things that have happened, I will not destroy the earth with water again. I make a covenant between me and you. God said all these things to him. And the Bible says, after the Lord said that to him, guess what he did? He created an altar and he brought the best of everything, a portion. The Bible says he took some and he offered it to the Lord. The first question I want to ask you, if we go over, the next place we're supposed to go now is straight to Adam. Think about this for one second. If you're here, say amen. Think about this for one second. Who taught them what they were doing? Did you see any place that the Lord asked for these things? Did you see? Did you, did you observe any place? Who taught Cain and Abel? It's a mystery. Who taught Noah? Are you are you okay? <laughs> now let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. Who taught them? This has to be a mystery. Where did they learn to give the Bible say they took some, they took some, they took some, they took some. Where did they learn? What was this sum? <laughs> that they gave. The Bible never said they gave all. They gave all. They gave all. They gave all. It is a king took all his offering, everything that he got, and burnt it to the Lord. The Bible didn't say so. The Bible didn't say that Abel took all his animals that he read and sacrificed them to the Lord. Alright? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he took some, and Cain took some. Now, let me explain this to you. In the book of Genesis chapter 2 that we just read from verse 15 to verse 17. The Lord said again, can we have all our trees? Coconut, please come. Mango, please come. Pineapple, please come. And uh, uh, the forbidden tree, please come. All right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Adam, please come. Okay. Now, now watch this. Please, take your place here. Now, the Lord had said again, eat coconut. No, spread, spread your branches. Eat coconut. So when it was the season for coconuts to grow, Adam had a right to eat everything, right? Eat pineapples. When it was time for pineapple season, he could eat anything he wanted. Eat mangoes. When it was time for it, he could eat everything he wanted. One day, one day, Eve, please come. One day, there was a lady called Eve. Eve, please come. <laughs> this would be our Eve. Eve was strolling through the gardens. Please just go admiring your trees. Yeah, this is my tree. This is my tree. This is my tree. Oh, wow. The Bible says that Satan entered into the serpent because the serpent was a magnificent animal in those days. It was beautiful. Even to date, they are beautiful, but very dangerous. Okay? It was beautiful and had legs. It didn't crawl on its belly. And when she got to this tree, the serpent filled with the devil said to Eve, Serpent, where are you? 
okay, nobody wants to donate themselves as serpents. So let me be. Eve. <laughs> Eve. Do you see this tree? Do you see how beautiful the fruits are? Eve. You can eat anything. Now Eve is beginning to admire the tree. Hmm. Nice tree. Hmm. And then the devil said to her, The day that you eat this, meanwhile Adam was somewhere else, just be faffing. Adam was faffing. Nobody knows what he was doing. Maybe he was tending to his other jobs. Nobody knew what he was doing. <laughs> well, that might have been what he was doing. All right? And the Bible says now that Satan, in the book of 2 Corinthians, it says that Satan, through his scorning craftiness, deceived Eve. And he made her to have a feeling that this tree was the best tree and it was truly to be desired above all. Can you remember why he did that? Because he knew that the thing that made man more powerful than him was what? Was what? Say it out loud. Was what? It was the blessing. And he tried everything to take the blessing, but he didn't know how. Then the Bible says, Eve took one and ate. As Eve ate this, I can imagine how Eve acted. Mm, oh my oh my God. Like, well, she can't act it now, can you? Uh, she can't. <laughs> Okay, but then Adam is coming back from wherever he went. As Adam came back, the devil was no longer there. Did you notice it? The serpent was no longer in the picture. The serpent ran away. Job done. The rest was now for the woman to do. The woman now said, I know what God said, but man, you've got to try this. Adam said, this thing is for God. She said, just try this. Now, this means that it was the season for this thing to, 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 to fruit, right? It was the season for this thing. It was the fruiting season. And so, she offered, just offer him something. Offer him this. She offered it to him. I can imagine Adam. You see, Adam was... <laughs> now, that you can do. <laughs> now, Adam was a very, very wonderful man. He was very supportive. Alright? Adam was amazed. Adam said, well, he looked at her. He noticed she was not dead. He said, okay, uh, alright. He took it. Then he ate it. Take, take the, the fruit. Okay. Then, don't. <laughs> alright. Then he ate it. The Bible says that the moment he ate it, death occurred. Alright, now wait a minute. Now, both of you, just leave the picture. Three of you, leave the picture, except this. Thank you. Sit down. Now, look what happened. After he had done what he had done, the Bible said that the Lord said to him, the Lord was, was displeased. So the Lord said, made all his pronouncements that you've read of before, when we're treating the bloodline. After the Lord made all his pronouncements, the Lord said to Adam, Now leave. And the Lord sent him out. <sighs> now, let me tell you where Adam learned it. 
Adam knew his mistake. He knew his mistake. There was something that Adam knew he was supposed to do. Because this tree belonged to the Lord. When it was fruiting season, the fruits would get ripe. Because the Lord came every evening to visit him. This is what Adam would usually do. Adam would gather all the fruits and give it to the Lord as his own. It was not his own. So because it it did not belong to him, he was giving back to the Lord what the Lord had placed there. So he would take that portion and he would say, Lord, this is my offering. This is what it is. This is your portion. And he would give it to the Lord. Adam discovered that that was where he failed after he was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It was after he was kicked out that Adam learned and taught his children. That's how his children knew about it. That's how his children knew what belonged to the Lord and what belonged to them. It was Adam that taught them. Nobody else taught them. It did not, it didn't just, they didn't just invent it. Oh my goodness. I hope you can see that. That's why you see in verse 15 to verse 17, the Lord said to him, everything is yours. That means, I don't need the harvest of everything. But what is mine, based on our agreement, this is your obedience. It's mine. Now, when it fruits, just because it drops to the ground, does it make it any less God's? Just because uh, maybe a part of it breaks open, does it make it Adam's own? No. So when it fruits, what would Adam do? The Lord will not pluck it. Adam's job, God said to Adam, you just read it in verse 15. It is yours to tend and to take care of it, but don't eat. So Adam's job was, he would observe the tree. Once it was ripe, Adam would go straight to the tree and gather what was God's. And when the Lord would come in the evening, he would say, this is your portion. The Lord would say, all right. He would take it and live with it. That was where a portion started from the Garden of Eden. The portion did not start at Abraham. When Adam left the Garden of Eden, Adam, when he had two sons, he told them, he said, listen, there was a mistake we made. By now, you kids, you would have been born in a place that is, that is far beyond your imagination. I can imagine Cain and Abel feeling so bad. Feeling so bad. Ah, we missed it, daddy, because of your mistake. Ah, dad, how could you do this? The dad said, this was the mistake we made. Whenever we had a yield, what belonged to the Lord, we failed to give it to him. That was why the enemy had the opportunity to come and deceive us. Had they gathered it and given it to the Lord, there wouldn't have been enough. Do you understand? There wouldn't have been anything available for the evil one to come and say, eat it. Is it not? That was the mistake he made. So what did he do? Adam told his children, he said, every time you have a yield, take a portion of it. Take a part of it and give that to the Lord. He said, give it to the Lord as an offering. And then the Bible says, that's what Cain and Abel did. The first yield they ever had in their lives. Now, observe this also. This was the first time that they began to plant. And the first time that they began to, um, to have uh, 
that Abel began to have a, a pasture of animals. Okay? But before then, how were they eating? How were they eating? That's the question. Sorry about the noise. We will definitely do something about it soon. Alright? But the question now is, how were they feeding? You guys seem to act as though you don't realize that the movie is a re- the <laughs> the testimony of Cain and Abel is a real thing that happened, all right? And Adam and Eve were real people. How were they eating if their children just started farming? This is how they were eating. Their dad was working. Their dad owned animals and walked the land. God said that to him. God said to him, he said, from today, the earth is cursed because of you. He didn't curse Adam. What did he curse? He cursed the earth. And I told you before that you are not under any curse. He said the earth is cursed, not you. There was nothing the devil could do to get man cursed. And he knew that if only God would have said you are cursed, that was the end. That's why the devil could only have dominion over some parts of the earth, but not absolute dominion over the earth. So, now that the earth was cursed, while Adam was stealing, the Bible says, and Adam was, he said, the, the, you would till the ground with hardness. The earth will be hard for you. And animals will not obey you anymore. I can imagine Adam on that day, Adam looks Look what Adam must have said. This is what Adam must have said. Adam would have said, he would have seen an eagle fly. He would have said, hey, eagle! And the bed just said, and kept going. It wasn't answering him. He would have seen a goat. He would have said, hey, goat, come! And the goat just went, meh, and ran away. He was not used to that lifestyle. Because there was a time in his life when Adam could summon all the animals when adam could speak and they would obey everything that he said but now there was a fear of the animals the fear was upon them the fear of man was upon them i needed to understand what's going on here so what king and abel were practicing definitely sorry i understand what you're going through some of you all right what Cain and Abel were going through was what we're doing now was definitely what they saw their parents do. Do you understand me? It had to be what they saw their parents do. Now, you look at Noah, then you ask yourself a question. Who also taught Noah? Who taught Noah? You will see that, of course, Noah was in the sixth or seventh, the seventh generation of Adam. That was Noah. He was the seventh generation of Adam. The Bible, of course, would have to teach us from there that this particular thing that Adam had missed, Adam had missed that beautiful relationship of giving back to God what belongs to him. Do you understand that? I told you, I just explained, defined it for you earlier. Giving back to God what belonged to him. That thing never belonged to him. That was the only thing. The Lord had said, everything is yours. Just this is mine. When the Lord said it to Adam, 
let me give you a greater understanding of the word of God here. How many of you have been given words by the Lord, words of prophecy before by the Lord? Raise up your hands. Let me see you. Has the Lord ever said to you, okay, this is the most popular one that the Lord says to almost everybody. I love you and I will use you. How many of you have heard that before? Raise up your hand with a big amen. <laughs> no, raise it up boldly. I like to see your hands up bold. Those of you the Lord has not told, sorry. He will tell you soon. But let me tell you, he loves you and he will use you mightily. Alright? But that's one of the things the Lord loves to say a lot. It's one of the things the Lord loves to say. Sorry. I'm going to sit down. Please clap for her. <laughs> now. Now. So. Listen. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. So. This is what Adam would do. Uh, I just asked you a question. What was the question I asked you just now? I had the word from the Lord. So the Lord would say, I love you. I'll use you mightily. What else does he say? From that one word, from that one word, you would have to know exactly what the plan of the Lord is for your life. From that one word, isn't it? Let me give you a great example. I need you to understand how the word of God works. Because God didn't say to Adam, give me the offering. But how did Adam know to do that? Let me tell you exactly how. There was a place in the book of Judges. I want to teach you something about prophecy also. How that many of us have even forgotten how to take advantage of prophecy. How to use prophecy. And that's why oftentimes we don't receive. Despite all the prophecy that we get. How many of you have experienced that before? That there are some words that have been told you. You keep asking yourself, what? Why is this not happen? I thought that guy was real. I thought he was the real deal. And then you keep asking yourself and you keep wondering why. Let me explain this to you. I'll tell you later where it is in the Bible. But this is the story. In the book of Judges. There's a time when the Bible says that the children of Benjamin were fighting against the Israelites. How many of you remember that? How many of you have ever read that? Because there was something that happened when the Benjamites committed a severe crime the crime was so bad i think they chopped up an israelite woman to pieces they chopped off they chopped her to pieces after they raped her and then sent her back to the israelites the israelites said no this cannot be forgiven so they decided that they were going to wage war against benjamin they not the bible says they gathered together one day and asked the lord you need to see this thing because if i if i tell you 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 will not believe me Let's look at this in the book of Judges. <laughs> if I say this story now, some of you say it's a lie. Teacher, teacher. <clears throat> Judges chapter 20. Judges chapter 20. If you're there, say amen. I have to stop here because I had to stop here to teach you this because some of you may still be wondering how could Adam not be told. But then, how could I say that Adam was told that from that statement? This is how it would happen. Just look now. Judges chapter 20. Alright. Of course, it begins at verse 1. But then... Now, listen. Where does it go? I want to get to the exact place... Where the Lord said to them. Let's see. 
All right. Let's begin at verse um <laughs> Okay, let's begin at verse 17. Verse 16. Chapter 20 from verse 16. This is just going to blow your mind. Among all these soldiers, there were 700 chosen men who were left-handed, each of whom could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Wow. And not miss. Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered 400,000 swordsmen, all of them fighting men. The Israelites went up to Bethel and inquired of God. Do you see that? How many of you saw that clearly? I want you to make sure you're looking at it in your Bible. My God. The Israelites went up to Bethel and inquired of God. They said, Who of us shall go first to fight against the Benjamites? The Lord said, Look what they say. The Bible says, The Lord replied, Judah shall go first. Did you see it there? The Lord replied, Now, for the Lord to even tell them who will go first, did it not mean that God had already planned their victory? Hello, look here. Did he not mean so on this side? Did he mean so? Did he mean so? I mean, the Lord should have told them don't go, right? What about here? It's the same thing, right? Now, let's continue. Look what happened. The next morning, <laughs> the Israelites got up and pitched camp near Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to fight the Benjamites and took up battle positions against them. The Benjamites came out and cut down 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. Wait! But, but Lord, but you said we should go. You even said Judah should go first. How does the word of the Lord fail? My God, my heart. The word of the Lord failed. This was not a prophet. Oh. This was God that said Judah go first. They went against Benjamin and 22,000 men died. Based on the word. Oh, Somebody said, if prophecy is real, it cannot fail. Wait, who? <laughs> okay, this is good suspense. This is amazing. If prophecy is real, if God really said it, if God really told you that thing, somebody said, if God told you something, you, it can't fail. That means, if you did it and it didn't work, it's not from God. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> now, 21. Verse 22. But the men of Israel encouraged one another. They encouraged one another. Oh, praise God. So Christian. They encouraged one another. 22,000 of their family members just died. They encouraged one another. And took positions where they had stationed themselves the first day. The Israelites went up and wept before the Lord. They even wept. Until evening. Can you imagine this prayer? Morning to evening, some of you have not even done afternoon. They inquired of the Lord. The Lord, then they said, Shall we go up again to battle against the Benjamites, our brothers? The Lord answered, Go up against them. Then the Israelites drew near to Benjamin the second time. This time, when the Benjamites came out from Gibeah to oppose them, they cut down another 18,000 Israelites, all of them armed with swords. What's going on, Lord? I thought, I thought your word does not fail. How did this? God said, go against them. And for the second time, it failed. I want you to understand how that, when God said to Adam, everything is yours but this, 
that was a complete instruction. But how did Adam interpret it? You see, <laughs> okay. This is the second one that failed. The second word from the Lord. First word they simply asked the Lord said. This time around they they they, they, they came into the Lord with prayers. They they cried all night. Have you ever cried all night? All morning till evening. Do you have enough tears? <laughs> This was a whole country. A whole country. They all cried. They all cried to the Lord the evening and the Lord finally said, go up against them. The third time. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sure when I'm done telling you this and you, you receive a word of prophecy, you know what to do. I'm telling you, you know. You receive the word of God or a revelation, you will know what to do. The word is not empty. Okay. Let's go on. Then they went again. Verse 26. Then the Israelites, all the people, went up to Bethel. And they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted. See, are you seeing that it's increasing? The works are increasing. First time they asked. Second time they cried and asked. Third time they fasted, cried and asked. Okay. <laughs> they fasted and presented burnt offerings. And fellowship offerings. This now They now had to involve the Holy Spirit. Fellowship offering was actually specifically for the Holy Spirit. They brought fellowship offerings to the Lord. And they inquired of the Lord. Eh? <laughs> they said, shall we go up again to battle with Benjamin, our brother, or not? The Lord said, go, for tomorrow I will give them unto your hands. Now let's go on from there. We're in 29. Please look in your Bible. Look in your Bible. This is going to bless you. Then the Israelites set an ambush around Gibeah. Who told them to do that? They went up against the Benjamites on the third day and took up positions against Gibeah as they had done before. The Benjamites came out to meet them and were drawn away from the city. They began to inflict casualties on the Israelites as before so that about 30 men fell in the open field and on the roads. The one leading to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. When the Benjamites were saying, we are defeating them as before, the Israelites were saying, let's retreat and draw them away from the city to the roads. Hold on a minute. So this time they had to have a strategy. Oh, I thought, I thought, oh, they should have just gone. First time, I will give you victory. They ran. 22,000 died. Second time, go up against them. 18,000 died. Third time, they sat down. Okay, the Lord will give us victory. This is what we will do. We will do as if we are still mumu like before. First time, God said it. The Bible says they went to the same place and arranged themselves two times. The same way. The third time, they said this is what we will do. We will pretend as if we are arranging ourselves the same way. Only a small amount of us will arrange ourselves that way. Then, the others... Will, will be hiding in the bushes as they feel like they are defeating us because they are obviously stronger than us. We will run away like we are retreating. When we get where our men are, they will appear and ambush them. Do you know that the Bible says, and that day they destroyed the Benjamites. But is that what the Lord said to them? Is that what the Lord said to them? Dear people, 
how many of you are seeing what I'm saying just little by little? How many of you are beginning to see something little by little from what I'm saying? How now did they understand to do that? How now did they understand to do that? The Bible says there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. As the Lord spoke to them, they interpreted it. They had to understand beyond what God had just said on the surface. Because the Lord, see, the Lord speaks wisdom. The Lord will say, be blessed. Inside be blessed, you can open it up and find all the details. But you will hear only one word, be blessed. This was exactly how the Lord spoke to Adam. The Lord said, everything is yours. But you see this, don't eat it. And Adam knew immediately, because of the inspiration of the Lord, that since this was for the Lord, and everything belonged to him, then I ought to give it back to the Lord. You see, God did not need to say it out in details. I wish you understand what I'm saying. This is how prophecies work. And you know, this is how so many of us have missed prophecy. Some of you just think, ah, God said this semester I will succeed. Ah, success! All I just need, some of you say, it's not even by jacking. It's not, eh? Oh, 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 it's not by jacking. Some of you say, because the blessing of the Lord is upon me, it's not by, it's not by, ah, you don't even need to have a business plan. Just do anything. Yes, do anything. Do anything indeed. It's not that you shouldn't do anything. But you must understand the language of the spirit. Because the language of the spirit is, is it's big. Can't you see that one verse of scripture, if everybody here can learn different things from one verse. That was exactly the accurate interpretation that Adam had when the Lord said to him, you can eat everything. Are you here? Are you here, sir? Hello, sir. Why are you bending? When the Lord said, you can eat everything, but this, don't eat from it. Now you understand how the instructions came, right? Now you understand how he knew his mistakes. He knew all this while, but he did not do what he was supposed to do. And the Lord never spoke about it. Did you notice that the Lord didn't give them strategy? The Lord just kept telling them, go. 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 Because inside of his word was strategy. But now, the Bible says, ah, the Bible says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. Have you seen it before in your Bible? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings. Will all the kings in the house stand up and tell someone I'm a king? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. That's why, you see, that's how the word of God works. The word of God has not changed. The word of God has not changed. It is only for the spiritual discerning. Or for the spiritual, yeah, for the spiritually discerning. That's how Adam knew what to do. That's how Cain and Abel knew what to do. That's how Noah knew what to do. Then he now got to Abraham. One day, the Bible said, said that when God called Adam at the age of 75 and said to him, Adam, leave your family, leave your father's house, leave everything and go. The Bible says when Adam left, he got to a place. He called that place Bethel. 
The Bible says, And Adam erected an altar to the Lord, and there he began to offer prayers and offerings to the Lord. Why did Abraham do that? One day, one day, Abraham just finished, remember the epic victory he had. The only war that after that day he didn't fight again. I can imagine someone saying, that guy destroyed five kings. If you try, don't look at his servants, so they will kill you. So on this precious day, Abraham had come back with sweat everywhere. I'm not sure they even sweated itself when they killed the enemy. Because the Bible made it look very fast. As they were coming back, he met Melchizedek. Melchizedek looked at him and said, Abraham of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, for you are blessed by the Lord. And the Bible says Melchizedek blessed him. When Melchizedek blessed him, the Bible says, and Abraham gave a tenth of everything. This was the first time that the exact portion was given in details that those guys were given. This was the first time that the exact amount that Noah gave, that the exact amount of offerings that Abel gave, and the exact amount of offerings that Cain gave, was defined word for word. I guess the Lord knew it would be too much of a mystery. The Lord knew. People would have been like, ah, ah, okay, how much did they give? You keep seeing some, 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 and then on this day, the one man that the Lord knew, the only man that the Lord called possessor of heaven and earth, that one man that the Lord knew was going, to, was going to take the blessing to us, the Gentiles, to us who believe on Jesus right now. That one man, that one man, God had to explicitly say, let's leave it for these people because if we don't leave this thing, if they are tracing the bloodline one day, they will not be able to discover exactly what amount that these guys gave and were, dis- were supposed to give. And that thing was called a tenth of all the things that he got from the world. How many of you understand this right now? This, my friends, is the beginning of tithes. <sighs> I have traced this history successfully. And I hope you understand this. Do you understand the history now? Do you understand how the word of the Lord worked? Do you understand how that worked? That's why a lot of people don't understand prophecy. That's why a lot of people don't understand prophecy. A word of prophecy can be given you now. I can come and I can say, dear sister, this is what the Lord is saying. The Lord's blessing you. The Lord's giving you this. The Lord's going to increase you greatly. Then the undiscerning, this is all that they do. The Lord said it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they just run. They do not look into the matter. They do not look into the matter. I like the way the Bible said concerning Mary and Jesus the word. When the angel appeared to her and spoke those words to her, the Bible says, and Mary kept it in her heart and pondered it. She pondered it. But what the angel even told her was straightforward. The power of the highest shall come upon you. And that holy thing shall be called the child of the most high God. For you shall call his name Jesus. Mary still pondered it. Jesus was, at the age of 12, he left his family and was discussing with his elders. They came back and Mary said, why are you like this, Jesus? <laughs> she said, why are you behaving like this? You want to give us heart attack. Jesus said, did you not know that I was supposed to be in my father's house? Why were you searching for me? The Bible said, that kind of small ordinary word, Mary kept it in her heart and pondered it. 
she kept it in her heart. No wonder she was the first woman that knew how to draw miracles from Jesus. She went to Jesus and said, they don't have wine. Then, she now said to the men, whatever he tells you, she had known how to handle the word. She had known how to handle the word. She had known how to handle the word. Oh, dear brethren, the word Jesus said of his own words. He said of the word. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. I like to add it like this. They are for spirits and they are for life. They are spirits and they are life. Can you understand this? Can you understand how the word works? Can you understand how prophecy works? Dear God, if you understand how prophecy works, those of you who have received prophecy recently, you just begin to get glad. You say, ha, finally. Or those prophecies that you received a while ago, you now know how to receive it. You now know what? Because inside of the prophecy, the man of God prophesying to you will not tell you how to go about it. He will not tell you. It is not his job. Because it is the honor of kings to search it out. It is not his job. Tell your neighbor it's not his job. It's your job. It's your job. That's why a lot of people don't succeed even when they receive the word of God. And prophecies are supposed to be powerful. Prophecies are supposed to change your life forever. The word of God is the most powerful prophecy on earth. It's supposed to change everything about your life. But why do we rarely have results from it? We rarely have results from it because we do not understand how the word of God works. But you understand in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, you understand how the word of God works. Well, dear brethren, you can see that this is exactly how the tithes began to exist. Now, let's trace something else. The blessing in the new covenant. Now that you understand um, the... You understand how it came about. You can see that just as the blessing, listen guys, you can see that just as the blessing started at Adam, so did the tithes. Did you notice it? Just as the blessing started from Adam, so did the tithes. Now let's look at something in the Bible. In the book of 2 Corinthians. Amen. Chapter 10. If you're there, say amen. If you're there, say amen. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look carefully. Look at it. Look at it. We'll start at verse 15. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. Excuse me. Oh, some of you have already seen it. You like going ahead of me, don't you? Verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless. Did you see that name? Did you see there? The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? What did he call it? The cup of blessing. 
the cup of blessing. Some of you will see the cup of thanksgiving. Some of you will see the cup of thanksgiving. But it's the blessing. The cup of blessing. You know, you can call it cup of the blessing. The cup of blessing which we bless. Now, I need you to understand how this thing happened. You see, when we get straight to the children of Israel, we observe something. There was one day. One day. One very important day. The most epic day in the history of of the Israelites that they had to give a name called the Passover. On that day, Moses said, you will get a lamb. You will cook that lamb. Make sure that the lamb is free of bones. Men, have you ever eaten boneless meat? And it was full lamb for the family. He said, make sure that the lamb is free of bones. He said, then take the blood of the lamb and put it upon your door. He said, that blood indicates something. That blood means that when the spirit of death comes, when that which takes away comes, when the natural phenomenon of death comes, he will pass over you. He said, then at a certain time, sit down everybody and eat the lamb. He says, you will roast the lamb. Don't cook it. Don't fry it. Roast the lamb. Roast everything. You know, they were not allowed to just cut it in, in any part. They, they, were, they were supposed to just remove the bone and roast it full. Then eat the lamb. Listen. So as the guys, when that certain time reached at midnight, reached at midnight, all of them sat down. Oh, just imagine this scene. Everybody just sat down. They were like, uh... Uh, Matthew, did you paint it there? Yes, sir. Okay. Obadiah, where are you? Don't go outside. They all sat down. He said, that day, the Lord said to them, no one should come out of their houses. Everyone should sit down and everyone should eat. For it will happen in that day that the spirit of death shall pass by this city. Oh, I wish you can see this testimony. The spirit of death shall pass by. And whoever doesn't have blood smeared, he shall die. Then the spirits came at midnight. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord passed over the place of the Israelites. I can imagine the spirit going from door to door. The spirit came here. He was bounced back. He looked. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. He said, okay, this side is Goshen. This side belongs to the covenant. Let's leave. Then he started going to houses. He found out that he could just get into the houses. When he got in there, he would just walk down to the firstborn child and take the son, the spirit of the child with him. Walk down to the next one, take the spirit with him. The Bible says, and the next day, there was a great cry in every house in, in, in Egypt. Every house, down to the house of the Pharaoh, all the firstborns were dead. Even animals, firstborn animals died. Firstborn adults died. Everybody that was firstborn in Egypt, there were no more firstborns again. Everybody was now sec from second to any number, to the nth number. That was exactly how it happened. But look, listen to this. That day, the Lord said to them, you will sit down and you would have. Do you know that that was exactly what the Lord did? When Jesus died, before he died, he sat his disciples down. He said to them, he said, I'm about to leave. Then the Bible says he took cup and put wine in it and took bread representing the lamb. He said, this is my body. Jesus calls himself the lamb. He didn't even call himself the lamb. The Bible calls him the lamb. 
the Bible said that he, they sought sacrifice. They said, who shall go for us? And whom shall we send? John said, and I wept because there was nobody worthy. He said, then the lamb came and said, I shall go. This was John seen before the lamb came to the earth. He said, I shall go. I will go for the whole world. And then one of the 24 elders said, relax, don't cry, John. It was ordained for only the lamb to go. It was ordained for only the lamb to go. Now the lamb is sitting down with 12 men, representing the tribes of Israel and Egypt. And as the lamb is sitting there with them, the lamb says, this is the blood. But now he didn't say, smear it. He said, this is the body. This is the lamb. Representing him, his blood, and his body. Then the Bible says, take this blood. For this is the covenant that I make with you. He says, then take this body. Take this bread, for it, pre it represents my body. And that day, the Bible says, the Lord Jesus lifted it up and blessed it. And he gave it to them. You know what happened that day? That was a sign. It was a sign that the blessing that God gave to Adam, that God gave to Noah, that God gave to Abraham, that God gave to Isaac, that God gave to Jacob, was now for you. That's how it entered into the new covenant. It is not for Israel alone, but it is for the true spiritual Israel. That is those of us who are now in Christ. So, you see why a lot of people don't understand what the communion really is? The communion, the communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. You're doing this in remembrance of the blessing. You remember I am blessed. You remember the Lord saying, have dominion over the fish of the sea. You shall increase and multiply. You shall spread over the earth. You remember through the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says the cup of blessing. He called it the cup of blessing which we bless. And the bread which we break. Is it not the communion? Every time we take the communion. You know what the word communion means? Fellowship. Every time we take that. Every time we take the lamb and smear the blood. We are fellowshipping with the blessing of the Lord. That's how, brethren, that is how the blessing of the Lord came into the new covenant. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. That's how the blessing came into the new covenant. Now, why I'm saying this is because I want all of you to understand something that you have forgotten. This is something you've not thought about. It will not seem like a special thing. But did you know that all the first Christians in Jerusalem were Jews? All of you have forgotten it too. You often think them to be Gentiles. They were all Jews. Do you know why the Bible said that of them in the book of Acts that there was no one that lacked? And there was no one that had need of anything. Because they knew the blessing of the Lord. Because they knew the blessing of the Lord. Because they knew the blessing of the Lord. And they functioned with it. Not only did they give freely, but they knew how to function with it. The tithes continued in that place. I can prove it to you. Because a lot of people see there is no place that tithing is inside of the New Testament. It's there. 
It's there in the book of Acts. It's there in the book of Acts. But you have to see it. Okay. In the book of Hebrews chapter 7. Beginning at verse 4. Let me show you how the tithe now goes. How the tithe functions with Jesus. Today is a lecture. Because I knew that I had to talk to you like this. Alright? It's going to end very well. It, it has already started very well. Just think how great it was. Even the patriarch. Alright. Let's start at verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. He blessed Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. Okay, he saw him and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. Like the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is, their brothers. Even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent. Are you there? Where am I reading even? Yeah, his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. And in the case, in the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tent through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. Let's continue. Verse 11. His perfection, his perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood for on the basis of it, the law was given to the people. Why was there still need for another priest, say another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of the law. Praise God forever. Praise God forever. It is for where there is a change of the priesthood, there is also a change of the law. What was the law? Now listen to this. I told you that when it came to Adam, God did not curse Adam. Do you remember that? What did God do? God caused the ground. When he came to the children of Israel, when the children of Israel declared themselves capable of doing all God said, the Lord also gave them a law concerning the tithes. The Lord said to them, He said, if you don't pay your tithes, your life will be tight. <laughs> Do you remember that? He didn't actually curse them. He never said that. That is the sayings of men. What the Lord actually said is this. He said, all of your businesses. He didn't cost them. He said, your businesses will begin to run dry. Your businesses will experience a drought. You are not cost. Not even under the law where they cost. When God blesses, it's impossible to be cursed. Not even the children of Israel were under a curse. He calls it the curse of the law, not the curse of the Israelites. <laughs> Just wait a minute. He called it what? The curse of the law, not what? The curse of the Israelites. It was the law. He cursed the law. So the Lord now said to them, 
that, that's where we read Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? <laughs> One of the most beautiful verses for most people. Yet you have robbed me. <laughs> then you say, man of God, see, all of you are thieves in this church. You don't pay your tithes. And I'll tell you one secret. Preachers don't pay their tithes. Preachers, most preachers don't pay tithes. They only collect their reservoirs. I am not joking. I have served in churches. Most preachers do not pay their tithes. They just, they like to collect. Something that is, don't worry, wait, we're getting there. This is the first time I'm going to speak outright against what is being done by many people. So the Lord said, the canker worm and the palmer worm will eat your produce. He did not say it will eat your life. He did not say it will eat you. He said it will eat your produce. It's your business that begins, see, that ground that you are tilling. Hmm? Whatever your business is, that's what experiences a curse. Now, the Bible says where there is a change of priesthood, what happens? There is a change of the law. Then the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says that he became a curse. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He became a curse that through him we might be free from the curse of the law. We were free from the curse of the law, but not free from the blessing of the law. We are, we, look, the blessing is ours. The curse was removed. The Bible says, for cost is everyone that hangs on a tree. For cost is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse. Now, even if you don't tithe, your ground will not be destroyed. Ah, many people don't want me to say the truth, right? Your ground will not be destroyed. The curse is permanently alleviated. There is nothing you can do for your business to go bad. Let's continue first. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, shout it. You want to shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes, there is nothing. Tell your neighbor, just, just look. Just advise your neighbor and see there is nothing you can do to be cursed. You don't even need to say I am too blessed to be cursed. No, you don't need to say it. It's enough to just say I am blessed. Ah, I remember this song. Do you, do you know this song? Lifted. I am lifted. I am lifted by the Lord. Out of sin and sorrow into the presence of the Lord. Are you lifted? Lifted. I am lifted. I am lifted by the Lord. Sing it. of the Lord. Now we came into a fruitful place. Oh, we came into a fruitful place. Oh, do you know what the blessing has gone through just to get to you? We've traced too many things. We've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and I've attempted to teach you from the history of the Bible where it was. Do you see where the tenth portion came from? Without the curse, Abraham, Adam was obliged to give the tenth. It has nothing to do with cause. Oh, brethren, just understand this. Tithe has no causes for you. Your pocket will not go wire. You will not have hole in your pocket. You see all those things that you believed? That's why you were under a bondage. But today, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So, 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 so the question now is, then what? 
Remember, if you have been listening to the messages, you would remember that I told you that the day things went bad for man was the day that man declared his independence from the Lord by not giving what belonged to the Lord back to him. When we do not give our tithes, you know what we, we do? We are not cursed, but we declare ourselves independent of the blessing. We are saying in other words, I am okay without the blessing. I can do it by myself. Then you will start experiencing normal business life. And those of you who are experiencing the blessing in your business, you know how it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know how it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to experience normal business life. Have you not heard businessmen say business is full of ups and downs, downs more than ups? But the one time you have an up, it will be good. Have you heard it? Economics tells you. Look, why do you think there are some business models economics does not support? P2P donation, for example. Huh? Economics does not support it. This is why it is called fraud. How many of you know that? You know what I mean by P2P do donation? The one that you popularly call Ponzi schemes. I am not declaring my support, neither am I undeclaring my support. I'm neutral. I'm just facing economics. First of all, economics helps you understand that um, 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 economics is the, is the science that studies one of those things, scarce resources. Scarce resources. For something to be economically sound, it has to be scarce. You can't do business and have 100% every month. It is not according to the law of diminishing returns. You can't do business and have more supply and more demand. Your, how can your graph be up like this? It is impossible. You must experience economics, not kingdomnomics. Glory to God! <laughs> you will not experience... King the kingdom has its economics. The kingdom has its economics. So, now in the new covenant, when we do not give a tithe, remember, the tithe is now a representation of a new priesthood and a new law. A new priesthood and a new law. Then the law of Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is greater. Oh. Wait a minute. Let's go on. You see, under the first law of the blessing, you know, not, not that the blessing changed, but under the first types of it, the people had to smear the blood. We, we had to drink it. There's a difference. So, now you can take it. They could not absorb it. It was not to be inside them. It was to be on their doors. But now, you have the spirit living in you. Oh my God. I like the way, listen to what Mary said. Mary went into the house of her sister Elizabeth, her cousin. When she got there, the Bible says, and the baby that was inside Elizabeth leaped. And Elizabeth, the spirit came upon Elizabeth. And the, Elizabeth began to say, Who am I that the daughter of my Lord, that the mother of my Lord should visit me? For when the baby that was within me sensed the presence of what was inside of you. <laughs> Glory to God! When she sensed the presence, when he says the presence, he leaped for joy. And she began to say words. When she finished, Mary, the spirit now came upon Mary. Mary now said, he said, because of what is inside of me, 
Everybody in the nation of the earth shall call me blessed. Now listen. The question I want to ask you is this. Ask your neighbor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now the question I want you to ask your neighbor. What is inside you? Wow. No, 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 no. You need to ask your neighbor seriously. This is a serious matter. Frown. What is inside you? Let me tell you what was inside you. The Bible says this is the secret of the ages that people could not understand. That people could not get. And it is this. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The same way Christ was in Mary. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The same way Christ in... Now, I don't give birth to Christ. I give birth to the results of the Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You see, I told you this. Believe in the blessing, brethren. Believe, don't look at what you are seeing right now. Since I started learning this thing, I know what I believe now. Everything I'm telling you is right from the Holy Spirit. Really. It's, I can stake my life on it. We are going from glory to glory. But, you know, it is very easy for everybody to say it. But if you can see, like Abraham, what the blessing caused him to see. The Lord took him out and said, look, he used the blessing as his lenses. No, don't say, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. He used the blessing as his lenses. The Lord said to him, Abraham, come, look. He used the blessing as his lenses. And what did he see? He saw all the nations of the earth. The Lord, again, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, you see, it's good to backtrack. It's good to know your history. Some of you only know the history of Nigeria. The history of University of Benin. The history of Benin. You don't even know the history of your kingdom. You don't know where these things began. And you claim to be from the family tree. You don't know your family. Oh. Thank God you know today. Now, no, no. The Lord, the Bible says, that same Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15. Now, if you get to the 18th verse, the Bible says, And the Lord gathered all the animals unto Adam to see what he would name them. How? Abraham used the lenses, I mean, Adam now used the lenses of the blessing to name them. And I told you how he named them. I don't need to discuss that. You can get that from the message on the bloodline of the blessing. Right? The bloodline of the blessing. Get that from there. Alright? Oh dear brethren. And imagination. The message is, a, is available on the power of imagination. You've never heard what you will hear on the power of imagination. Praise God forever. I am going up. I'm going up. You know we used to sing, I'm going higher, yes higher. I'm going higher someday. Oh, I'm going above the shadows into the presence of God. Recently, I was singing that song. You know, normally I like to sing all these kind of classic songs. I was just singing, I'm going higher, yes, higher. And I said, God, to, I'm going higher someday. Then the Lord said to me, now you know the blessing someday has come. That's all the Lord said to me. You know that was enough? Your word is enough. That's a message on its own. Called what? Where was that message preached? It's from one of the blessing series. Which one? 
The bloodline part one. Part two. Okay, the bloodline two. <laughs> Hope you have that message. Get the message. The bloodline two. The word is enough. Oh, dear brethren. <sighs> oh, you're finally relieved. You, your heart has like, oh, finally it got to this point. I finally got to see it. Listen. The tithes. It is not a burden. The tithes. It is not a burden. If it is a law, it is a law of the spirit of life. It does not come with causes. It does not come with causes. Jesus said, He said, Take my yoke for it is easy, and my burden for it is light. Did Jesus say anything about tithes? Let us see. Did Jesus actually say anything about tithes? Let's see if he did. Let us see. Now, this is going to bless you. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 23. Did Jesus actually. Hey, is it real? He said something. Let's see it. Jesus is the final court. He's the final court. He's the supreme court. His words. Matthew chapter 23. If you're there, please say amen. Okay. <laughs> uh, TLB, the person with the, t- the living Bible, please stand up. Thank you. Just stand up phone. Take a mic to her. You will soon read it. I will ask you to read it soon. All right. All right. Um, you would read from verse 23. You read verse 23. Yeah. Just read verse 23 and verse 24. Yes, woe upon you, Pharisees and your other religious leaders, hypocrites, for you tithe down to the last mint leaf in your garden, but ignore the important things, justice and mercy and faith. Yes, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the more important things undone. Blind guides, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. <laughs> okay, maybe it's because it's living Bible. You saw, you heard, yes, you should tithe. Okay, just wait. Let me read it to you from the NIV. Just keep standing. Thank you. You're going to read some things. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. Thank you, Jesus. There's no hypocrite here. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, Titan, without neglecting the former. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Who has the King James Bible there? Please read it to us. Um, What to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass... Sorry, from verse 23. For you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. This ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Do you see that? You were supposed to tithe, but don't ignore the other things. How many of you are seeing what I'm saying here? Is it just me who is seeing it? Okay, 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 okay. You, I know what you want. You want a second witness. Open your Bibles, please. To the book of Luke, chapter 11. Is tithe a choice? Yes. As all things are a choice, so is heaven. Luke chapter 11, 
verse 42. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Please, can you read it to us there? But what to you Pharisees? For though you are careful to tithe even the smallest part of your income, you completely forget about justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave these other things undone. I think at this point we can just simply say, May the Lord be with you. We are done. Is there, shall I say anything more? Do you want me to add? Do you want me to add to the words of grace himself? He is grace and truth. He just said. He says, yes, these things you ought to have done. You know why the Pharisees did that more? Because they wanted money more. Don't you understand? You know why they tightened and left the other things? The other things were not their concern. They knew that according to the blessing, if they tight, they will increase. All they wanted was the money. So, is money. Some of you are so money conscious. Eh? There are some people. There are money conscious people everywhere. But not for the righteous ones. Alright? That's why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. He says, for all these things the Gentiles are looking for. The Gentiles chase these things. But we do not chase these things. Brethren, like I told you before, if you like, eh? sell rope lace, shoelace, eh? sell wick for kerosene and make it your only job. Let me explain this to you. I told you last time of a guy called J.C. Penny, right? Let me tell you of another guy. Recently in the year 2016, the first man, after a very long time, I can't remember his name, but the name of his company is called For God's Glory. That's the name of his company in the United States of America. He sued Barack Obama and the government of the United States of America and won. <laughs> Do you know why he sued them? He sued them that's up at the end of Obama's tenure. He sued him. You know why he sued Obama? He didn't just sue Obama. He sued the government of America inside America and beat America. And America had all the lawyers. They had all the lawyers. You know what? The Justice Department would defend themselves. And he won. You know what he was going after? All he sued Obama for was the condition of uh, abortion. He sued Obama on that basis and won. One of the things that I heard that this man said was that a man who tithes will never lose. He said it. Do you know what he does for a living? Do you know what he does with No, some of you say, oh, no, no, no. Even if you don't tithe, you will win. I'm not saying you will not win. Remember I said there is no cause. Do you understand? But you will declare yourself independent of the power of the blessing. Now, listen. Do you know what this man does for a living? This is on CNN. The man frames, wind, um, frames pictures for a living. He frames pictures. Brethren, how can somebody use framing picture for, to make a living? He doesn't snap, he just frames. When you finish snapping, you come, he'll frame it for you. But he's a millionaire. From framing pictures. <laughs> is life fair? <laughs> is life fair? He's richer than almost 100% of all the Christian citizens in Nigeria. Because once you're a millionaire in American dollars, you are rich anywhere on earth. 
do you know that? Hope you know that. Once you're a millionaire in the United States dollars, you are rich anywhere on earth. In some places, you are too rich. In other places, you are rich. In some places, you are wealthy. In some places, you are a demigod. In Nigeria, just a million dollars makes you a demigod. And he's richer than that. And what does he do for a living? Framing, framing pictures. That's, that's the, that's, and this man had enough money to sue a country. And he won the country in his own court. Simply because he believed that if someone tithes, the blessing makes a way for them. He won the case. Dear people, there is no cause. You are no cause. You are alleviated from the cause. But <laughs> Jesus himself did not despise tithes. Jesus himself did not despise tithes. Jesus himself did not say do not tithe. Paul himself did not say it. The church in the book of Acts did not say it. You see all that giving you heard they were doing. Just because they didn't put it in details does not mean it didn't happen. <laughs> mm. They believed theirs to the point where not only did they give tithes, they gave everything. Unafraid to lose it. You, you need to understand why I called it. Remember I said giving back to God what belongs to him. Because once you declare yourself dependent on the blessing, all you have will come from the blessing. It's actually not yours. But 90% of that is yours. See how kind God is. <laughs> 90% of that is your jurisdiction. Use it as you want. Do you know Abraham lived on only 90% of his life? 10% were always for the Lord. And yet, we remember the testimony where the Bible says, thank you my sister, where the Bible says that Abraham was on the valley and his cousin and his nephew with him. And they had issues because they had too much animals on the valley. That was 90%. 10% was always for the Lord. Abraham never... Listen, it is faith. Let me explain this to you. Why? You need to understand. I told you that faith, your faith is your action. I did not say that action manifests faith. I said your faith is your action. What you do in response to what God says in his word or to what the Lord has done is faith. Do you understand? Can somebody come here acting like they cannot walk very well? Acting. I want you to be clear that this is an act. I'm not healing anyone. Alright? Now come please. Someone who can act. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Now look at her. <laughs> Alright. Now she's dragging her legs. Okay? Now just stop there for one moment. And these legs are not good. She comes to me. And she says, sir. And I say to her, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. I say to her, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Then the next thing, while her legs are like this, I say, legs be straight and walk. Do you know that legs will not turn themselves? Her willingness, her willingness, her desire to do what I have said. Just as she says, okay, let me do what he has said. Remember, Peter said, at thy word, I will do it. Her willingness to do it, yes, yes, just do it. Now she's willing. Makes the leg come straight. Then she starts walking. And all of a sudden it's normal. 
she starts walking normally. She starts walking normally. What happened? What happened to her? The word was spoken. The word was spoken. The word was given. But her action was her faith. The way she obeyed at doing the word, that was where faith came in. We would say this, that the only way for a sick person to be healed is to act on the word. Is it not? Think about this. God bless you. Please clap for her. Now think about this. Think about this. If this lady never... I wish there was a, an impossible situation here like other times. It's been long we saw one. Let's bring a crippled person on Sunday so we can actually use that person as an example. Now, if a person was like this and then you said, leg be straight and the person is saying, I'm waiting to see how my leg will turn. One time I had that experience with a man. This man had been crippled by an accident. He was on a wheelchair. I went to pray for the man. I was much younger then. I said, sir, I want to pray for you. The man said, okay. So I laid hands on him and I said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. When I said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, you know what the man did? The man was sitting down looking at me. I said, I said, rise up and walk. The man said, I'm coming. I'm, I'm waiting to have feeling in my toes. I walked away. That was already the end of it. He was waiting for feeling in his toes. And yet, there was a man whose hand was withered in the Bible. He couldn't use the hand. Jesus said, come out. Then Jesus said to him, stretch forth your hand. He didn't wait to have blood flowing. The man just wanted to do what he said and did it. He first wanted to do it. Understand? He first wanted. Jesus said, the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, don't be unwilling and obedient. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work that way. You know how some of you say, <laughs> Lord, as I'm giving this money, I'm coming in with tears. The Bible says, they that sow in tears. Let me tell you. <laughs> you don't understand what it means at all. You don't understand. You ought to cry tears of joy. Hmm. Hmm. This is real. Oh. You ought to cry tears of joy. One of our brethren, I know some of them went for one program. A lot of them went for one program. That's why a lot of them are not here. But one of them was supposed to give a testimony today. She said, and when she comes, she'll give you, so I will not give the full picture. I'll just give you a sneak preview. You know, it's good to have just a sneak preview. She said, one of these days, I was just at home, and then she called me. She said, sir, please, can I see you? I said, yeah, come over. Come over to my house. She said, all right. She said that while she was praying, she asked the Lord, to the, she asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? How many of you remember that thing? And the Holy Spirit said to her, empty your account and give it to him. She said, okay. So she came. She said, sir, this is all my account. And she was giving it to me, her hand was shaking. Me, I felt compassion. I said, you mean you don't have anything now? She said, I don't have anything. Hey. Inside my mind, I want to just say, just. then the Spirit of the Lord said, it's for her obedience. Don't bother. It's not your concern anymore. I took it. I said, thank you. I said, God bless you. I said, now be going on your way. And come and tell me a testimony. When she comes, she will tell you what happened. Just days after that, it has continued. This was up to two to three weeks ago. Three weeks. For three weeks now, that one thing has been produced until today. Three weeks. 
three weeks of willingness. No, she was not willing. She didn't come in sorrow. But because it was the first time experience, her hand was shaking. Just from the experience of it being the first time. Oh dear people of God. You don't understand what this blessing is. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. But you will give back to the Lord what is his. It was not yours in the first place. It was not yours in the first place. <sighs> My God, say I'm blessed. Uh, are you saying that with meaning? Say I am blessed. Finally, why tithes and where to tithe? As I conclude, open your Bibles to the dreaded Malachi chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you understand the tithes right now? Come on, if you understand it, I want to see your hands up high. How many of you feel like it's a breath of fresh air? It's not some bondage and yoke. It's not a bondage and yoke. Someone said to me that it does tight not mean 10% of your earning. There's no place the Bible says so. Tight is 10% of all the Lord has given you. Whether it is from gift, whether it is from business, whether it is money that appeared. A lot of you have had that testimony here of money appearing. Yeah, Baba, thank you. God bless you too. Alright, let's go on. Malachi chapter 3. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Alright. Mm-hmm. Verse 8 to verse 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But he asks, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. That's just from the windows. Is it okay? The floodgates of heaven. Verse 11 I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit says the Lord Almighty. I want you to understand verse 11. Look, look here. Look here. How many of you understand agriculture? When you plant crops, the first thing you do is to spray in the planting process. Right? Look at me. Just look at me for one second. If I'm right, say amen, those of you who know. If you do not spray, in fact, I know that business well. If you do not spray, <laughs> what will eat your crops? It's still being made in heaven. <laughs> the insects that will eat it, locusts, all kinds of things can finish your crops before anything happens. Now, these people had herbicides in those days because things were eating their crops. Alright? Now the Lord said, give me your tithes and forget herbicides. Give me your tithes. Plant. Forget herbicides. I will prevent them from eating your crops. Oh God. You don't understand. I know all we see is you are cursed with a curse. Let me explain this to you. It is natural for pests to be attracted to crops. It is supernatural not to spray and to have your fruits yield 
without a single insect or animal eating from it. It is natural. It is not a cause for pests to eat crops. Is it? It's not. I don't, I don't know. Is it, sir? You're, you're. It's natural. It happens. In fact, it will seem to, one will say it must happen. It will seem that it just happens. It's not a cause. That is not the cause. No. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Now, but to the Lord, under the blessing, a natural occurrence like that is a curse. It's not supposed to be, says the Lord. It's not supposed to be. How can? I mean, the Lord is saying, how can? How can you plant crops and, and insects eat them? It's a curse. He says, give the tithes and give the offerings and I will cause that no single harmful insect will come here. Just, just, it's just something like this. Nothing will touch it. It will be green. It will be huge. It will produce. You can plant and plant and plant and plant and take out the list on herbicide. Now that's awesome. Let's go on. I, I hope you understood that. I know that that's shouting stuff, but it's good for you to, to be settled. Now look at the 12th verse. It says, then all the nations will call you blessed. Am I saying this? Is it in Malachi? <laughs> they skip it. They stop at verse 8 to 10. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land. Have you done business and you're just laughing every morning? You're in delight. When you go to work, you're happy. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Because you know. You know. Do you remember what the Lord said in the book of Psalm when we're reading? Despise not the delightful land. How many of you remember that teaching? We taught it at our, one of our former venue center. Some of you cannot remember. The pleasant land. Despise not the pleasant land. Do you see that? He said, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. So the question now is, where... Do we tithe? First of all, we've already settled the matter of the cost there. There's no need to talk about that again, is it? Okay, but now let's look at the other thing there. Look in the tenth verse, please. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The storehouse. That's where we tithe. Where do we tithe? The storehouse. Tell your neighbor the storehouse. Where do we give our offerings? The storehouse. Somebody said, you give your offerings anywhere you go. That's not the storehouse. The storehouse is not anywhere you go. What is the English meaning of storehouse? A storehouse is a place where food is kept and people are fed from. That's it. The storehouse, spiritually speaking, is the place where you are being fed the word of God. And it is not everywhere you are being fed the word of God. You see, if we go just exactly according to that portion of, type, uh, of, of the Bible, churches are not supposed to lack. Churches are not supposed to lack for their businesses. I mean, for the business of the kingdom. You understand what I mean? Somebody says, any church you enter, as long as you get there, put your offering there. But the Lord says, bring the tithes and the offerings where? into my storehouse where you are being trained and built up and you are being blessed 
often is your storehouse. If it's not here, go, go and give it to your storehouse. If it's not here, give it to your storehouse. But if it's here, you see, what if I'm not even around? What if I'm not around? I thought they were um, accounts. Hmm. Last time I checked, we were that smart. Give it to the storehouse. Where you are being spiritually fed. Where you are being spiritually built up. The Bible says that you are not going to muzzle the ox that produces for your farms. The church of God needs tithes for, for, for many things. The Bible says that there may be no lack in my house. When it says there may be no lack in my house, it's speaking of many of the projects that the church, that the pastor, that leaders, that the minister himself may actually embark on. The offerings and the tithes help to make those works easy and doable and possible. Do you know the rate at which this is going? The rate at which this is going. Okay, just think about this. Just think about this. If everybody was giving where they were blessed, where they were being blessed by the word of God, tell me how many churches would lack. You see, but what if I'm being blessed by Brother Andrew Womack? They have an account number. Give there. What if I'm being blessed by Kenneth Higgin who is dead? Now, something's wrong with you, man. Alright? He has a ministry. And it's a life. Don't give it to his grave. Give it to the church. But in real time, is there, is there a place you are planted? Is there a place you are being fed? Is there a place that you are being fed? That's where you give. You see, some, someone said, you give your tithes to your spiritual father. That's not what the Bible said, do. You give your tithes to, the store, to your storehouse, not to your spiritual father. <sighs> oh, oh, this is the one you don't want to shout, right? <laughs> Alright. Then look what the Lord now says. He said, test me in this. I don't need to test him. No, 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 no. See, he has done enough. The Bible says the word of God is tried and tested seven times and has passed the test. How many of you have seen it before in the Bible? The word of God is tried and not tests. You see, he was talking to them because they were complainers. Now he was telling them, okay, now that you've been complaining, test me. But you are not complaining. You don't need to test him. You know what you need to do? You just need to trust the blessing. Just trust the blessing. Then look what he says. He says, test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open. You know, he didn't just say if I will open. It's one thing to gently open the gate. He says, and see if I will not. How many of you have ever flung a door open before? The Lord said, test me and see whether I will not fling open the doors, the floodgates of the blessing. Fling open. That's he's going to mount pressure on the door. <laughs> open <laughs> and just he says, and pour you out a blessing that you cannot store. Tell your neighbor you can never be poor. Tell the person with the blessing you can never be poor. Tell that person again with the blessing you can never be poor. Now emphasize never, never, ever, 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 ever be poor. 
you're doing business your business cannot grow is that what what what, what did you just say but but where's the blessing you know you know what you do i like the way like oh glory to jesus i like the way elisha after he had just walked with elijah you know the, all the cases of water into two was for very important reasons the first reason was the children of israel to escape egypt the second one was for them to cross into jordan very important reasons elijah just needed the shortest cut where he was going the bible says he walked down to the jordan took his handkerchief mantle that's thank you mantle is not special word though that's all it means buy this mantle forget it it is hanky your hanky is your mantle but thank god your mantle is your hand right now where's the holy ghost is in here i'm the mantle of god i'm the mantle of god you don't really need olive oil but it's the last option he where's the olive oil the bible says oh thank you he says because i have loved righteousness and hated iniquity therefore god even my god has anointed me with the oil of gladness above my brethren above my brethren thank you jesus thank you jesus now now so this guy just needed a shortcut this wonderful prophet the bible says he took his hanky you know those towels some big pastors used to wear he took that big towel and smote the water the bible says it opened in two and he walked went the journey where they were going to go was around the jordan and it was long and he was going on time you know heaven express was 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 coming he he knew as as the as the chariots were arriving he knew so he had to be there fast he smote it walked by told the others to wait elisha followed him i can imagine the feeling elisha had he was afraid of his boss he said guy you mean my master just needed to walk just needed shortcuts just for shortcuts he opened the whole river hi hmm. he was humbled he followed elijah then he was now elijah had gone and elijah's hanky fell to the floor he took the, the hanky he now wanted to go back he knows the road he said let's see how this works <laughs> for the first time he did it he needed to rev himself up but after that he never it never happened again so he shouted where is the lord god of elijah bah! then it opened he as soon as it opened he said ah this thing really came on me ah! <laughs> he left that was the last time he used that mantle from elijah he knew it had come upon him he knew he knew it had come upon him now let me tell you how this relates to the blessing we have seen time and time again testimonies testimonies from the word let the scripture be your book of testimonies more than any other thing we have seen time and time again again and again and again and again a whole nation prospering a whole people prospering a whole individual prospering a man one family making the whole family of the earth prosper one family <sighs> one family we have seen then you're doing business 
or you're, you're, you're doing your academic work. And then, oh, it seems like nothing is going on. It will just seem like, oh, maybe it's because it's your first time. You say, where is the blessing? Then put it to work. That's the only time you're allowed to test when you've not experienced it before. You say, just like Elijah shouted, where is the Lord God of Elijah? But after that time, don't do it again. In fact, now that it's inside your mind, don't do it safe. <laughs> because the blessing has come. I like what the Lord, the law of the blessing. The blessing has got laws. It says, whoever blesses you is blessed. Whoever curses you is cursed. You know, they say, you should come to a church so that they can remove curses from your life. Hmm. Mm. Those people don't know the blessing. Because if they know the blessing, if a witch or even your grandparents should open their mouth and say, you, you will not live long. That's how their end has come. You don't even look. Oh. You just check yourself. Am I blessed? Am I living in the blessing? Glory to God. Just move your way. Don't argue. I need no other argument. Praise God forever. Praise God forever. Brethren, that's where you give your tithe. Give your tithe. If this is your storehouse, if this is where you're being spiritually fed, don't go giving your tithe anywhere else. Don't go giving your offerings anywhere else because you need to give it to the storehouse. Oh, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you because I am blessed. Thank you because I am blessed. Thank you because I am blessed. And I speak these words to everyone here. I speak these words to everyone here. The Lord is going to shock you. The Spirit of the Lord is going to shock you this week. It's going to shock you this week. Just as a test of what I have taught you. The Spirit of the Lord is going to surprise you. It's going to surprise you in many, many manifold ways. Look, don't be afraid to give. Don't be afraid to give. You know why you should not be afraid to give? The 90 is yours. Don't be afraid to give. Don't be afraid to give. The blessing does not leave people alone. The blessing is like a curse. It follows you till you die. Then when you die, it follows your children. The blessing. That's how the blessing works. Do you know the curse emulated the blessing? The curse emulated the blessing. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and bless your children and your children's children. Forever. That's how curses work, isn't it? But you see, this time around, no one can revoke a blessing as men can revoke a curse. The curse cannot be broken. The curse can be broken, but the blessing cannot be broken. I'm standing on the word. Let's stand. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Teacher Tonya today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs, and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you, no matter how brief, via our email address at plefan at gmail.com. That is P-L-E-F-A-N at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.